Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. We're beginning a new sermon series this morning called Who's in Charge? And there's a legend that has become popular in recent years. Its origin is most likely Cherokee. And the legend uh, is comprised of a grandfather illustrating inner struggle to his grandson. It's called The Tale of Two Wolves. In it, there are two wolves that are constantly fighting. One of the wolves represents darkness, anger, envy, greed, etc. And the other represents light, joy, peace, love, hope, etc. When the grandson asks the grandfather which wolf wins the fight, the grandfather replies, the one you feed. Paul, who was a significant leader in the early church and wrote much of the New Testament, likewise spoke about inner conflict. He said, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Inner struggle is something that many of us can empathize with. Every one of us lives with competing desires inside of us. And we need to recognize those desires and make a choice between them. And so in light of those struggles that we all have, we're kicking off our new series this morning, Who's in Charge? And each Sunday we'll be exploring two competing attitudes. This morning's are entitlement and gratitude. And we will be contrasting our selfish tendencies with the way that God has actually called us to live. If you are a follower of Christ, this series will be a challenge to consider who is truly in charge of your life. Who is driving? Are you driving? Are your selfish desires driving? Or, like Carrie Underwood said, are you asking Jesus to take the wheel? If you are not yet a Jesus follower, and you are just curious about faith. This will be a challenge to try the principles out. If you aren't sure yet about Christianity as a whole, I think this series will be a perfect time for you to experiment and see the differences in your life that occur when you embrace God's approach to life instead of your own. And so we begin the series with entitlement. Entitlement is the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. In general, I think, we can all acknowledge that entitlement isn't the greatest. It's not a quality that we admire in others, and it's also not a quality we want to think of ourselves having. And yet there are so many things that we tend to feel entitled to a nice home, a home at all, personal happiness, job security, a reliable car, perhaps a raise, our own good health, or the good health of our immediate family. So many of these things that we have the privilege of being blessed with, or seeing others blessed with, we come to feel that we deserve. Getting what we deserve has become a prevalent theme in our society. As I was researching for this message, 
I decided to Google in Google Images, you deserve it, to see what came up. I wanted to share some with you, but I didn't manage to get it on the PowerPoint. But there were things like, believe you deserve it, and the universe will serve it. Or a tweet where someone says, I love it when people say you deserve it because it's true. I deserve absolutely everything. The self-centeredness and short-sightedness of the things that I saw when I googled you deserve it astounded me. Those attitudes, however, are becoming typical of our society. In fact, narcissism is on the rise. The average narcissism score in a test that they gave students has been steadily increasing and the average empathy score has been decreasing ever since the questionnaires were developed 30 years ago. The changes are highly significant statistically and sufficiently large that approximately 70% of students today score higher on narcissism and lower on empathy than the average student did 30 years ago. Narcissism, if you don't know the definition, this is a short definition because you can find much longer ones, is excessive interest in oneself. The theories are mixed as to the cause of this rise in narcissism, with some blame going to the rise of social media and the fact that we get to share our stories all the time, and others liking to blame the self-esteem movement and the ever-vilified participation trophies that began around the 80s. Regardless of the cause, we do know that narcissism is on the rise, and that means that we need to start being aware of the signs. In others, perhaps, but definitely in ourselves as well. So here are some signs of entitlement. Try not to poke people beside you or think about someone at work. Consider what level this could apply to you, even if it's not all the way to the end of it. So a sign of entitlement would be that you impose unrealistic demands on your family, children, friends, acquaintances, employees, and or employers. Or you tend to feel sorry for yourself if things don't work out the way you wanted and openly advertise this in a melodramatic, attention-seeking way. You believe that you deserve happiness and go to great, sometimes extreme lengths to ensure that happens, even at the expense of others. You constantly see other people as competition or threats. People always seem to be offended or upset by what you do or say. You crave admiration and adoration. Whether you think those in particular apply to you, there are many things that we think that we are entitled to. And I want to tell you this morning that you aren't more special than anyone else. Don't get me wrong. You are loved. You are precious. But there is nothing more special in you than there is in someone who was born in a slum. Sometimes we think there is. 
Sometimes we can claim things that we say are part of the gospel or part of God's will for us. That people who were born on a different continent that isn't one of the richest would never even think to say is what God is, is God's will for us. Just because we're born here does not mean that we deserve what we have and that others are not deserving. We need to drop any sense of entitlement that we have, not simply because it's unbecoming or unchristian, but also because of how it negatively affects our own lives and those around us. To fully understand the effect that entitlement and any attitude of entitlement that we might have affects us, we need to take a look at gratitude. And gratitude is readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. There's an author and researcher, Dr. Robert Emmons, from the University of California, Davis. And he believes that gratitude is what gives life meaning. His research team found that people who view life as a gift and consciously acquire an attitude of gratitude experience multiple advantages. Gratitude improves um, their emotional and physical health and can strengthen relationships and communities. Without gratitude, life can be lonely, depressing, and impoverished. Gratitude enriches human life. It elevates, energizes, inspires, and transforms. People are moved, opened, and humbled through expressions of gratitude. Entitlement is virtually the opposite of gratitude. As we feel more entitled, our gratitude shrinks in proportion. When I was 22, I had a job working in a print shop. I had been made composing supervisor in a short amount of time. And while the never-ending deadlines were stressful, I loved the creative outlet that the job provided. Some people in my life around me at that time began to talk to me about what they thought I deserved. They didn't think I should stay in the job because they, they thought I deserved something better with higher pay. In their defense, it wasn't what I had gone to school for, and I think they were concerned that I might begin to settle and not pursue, pursue what I had originally been called to. But regardless of their motives, I shouldn't have let what these people said get to me the way that it did. Though nothing changed about my job, my satisfaction with it did. I went from being grateful for the job I had and its ability to help me pay off my student loans while volunteering as a youth pastor to being discontent and preoccupied with how I could find the kind of job I deserved. I regret that discontentment now. As I look back, the pay was good, the work was enjoyable, and the company was very supportive. I had no reason to be anything but grateful for the job I had, except for the idea that I was entitled to more. My lack of gratitude affected my attitude towards the work, how I interacted with coworkers, and my overall happiness. question I would like you to consider is in what situations have you allowed entitlement to rob you 
of gratitude. Jesus told a story about a landowner and laborers that demonstrates entitlement interfering with gratitude. It's in Matthew 20, which is an account of Jesus' work while he was on earth. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, as he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing, so he hired them, telling them he would pay whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to the work in the vineyard. At noon and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more. But they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people only worked one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid who work, those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered, to one, answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the, unusual, for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Does that story bother anyone else's sense of justice? <laughs> Wouldn't that annoy you? Wouldn't you be with the workers at the very, like, that started before 9 o'clock and got paid the same as the guys who got there at 5? In the heat? Picking grapes, as I'm assuming what they were doing in the vineyard? A sense of entitlement that things be fair is a little bit ingrained in us. But it's not the way God works. He's not worried about things being fair. He's not worried about you getting everything that you think you want. A few years back, a video clip of a dad reprimanding their child for being upset about something not being fair went viral. In the video, the dad said, the only time you look in your neighbor's bowl is to make sure that they have enough. You don't look in your neighbor's bowl to see if you have as much as them. And many of us are concerned about what we deserve. We're concerned about what we're entitled to. We do love to compare what we have with other people to make sure that it's fair. And that's not how God works.
And when we cling to any level of entitlement, it affects ourselves and our relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with others. It's not part of the design that God has for our lives and his kingdom. He's not worried about making things fair. And despite things not being fair, we are repeatedly encouraged in the Bible to be thankful and to be looking at others to ensure that they have enough. Did you know that practicing gratitude has numerous benefits beyond just being thankful? When you are a grateful person, it opens the door to having more relationships. They have studied things, and if you meet someone for the first time and you thank them for something, the chances of you developing a relationship with them increases. Even if that's thanking someone for holding a door open for you. Acknowledging other people's contributions to your life can lead to new opportunities. Gratitude also improves our physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. Grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more, up to 40 minutes more a week. (laughs) They're also more likely to attend regular checkups and look after themselves more often. Gratitude also improves psychological health. It reduces a multitude of toxic emotions from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Multiple studies have been conducted on the link between gratitude and well-being. The research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner. Even when other people are not kind, they are more likely to be kind back. They are more sensitive and more empathetic towards other people, and they have a decreased desire to seek revenge. Also, grateful people sleep better. I like sleep. I am all for improved sleep. It also improves self-esteem. The Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that gratitude increased athlete self-esteem which was an, is, is an essential component to optimal performance. So athletes are better athletes when they practice being grateful. Other studies have shown that when people practice gratitude, it reduces the social comparisons that they make. They don't compare as much. I don't know about you, but I frequently fall into the trap of comparing. Gratitude also increases our mental strength. It reduces stress 
but apparently may also play a role in helping us overcome trauma. I find these facts to be fascinating. Why do I find them so fascinating? Because sometimes when we're approaching it from the outside and we're looking at the things that we are told to do in relationship with God, we can sometimes think that it seems selfish of God to tell us to be thankful as much as we are told to be thankful in scripture or to worship him. But then you, when you realize that it's part of our design, that he knows this and he knows how it benefits us to be grateful, how it benefits our health, our relationships, and our spirituality, we understand it a little bit more. As I was researching gratitude for this message, I read a post where the author listed 31 benefits of gratitude. Doesn't my list, where I just gave you seven, seem much shorter now? 31 benefits. And what I found very interesting is that that author, while they admitted they were irreligious, they did not have religious beliefs, they said that they found when they felt intense gratitude, they found themselves wanting to believe in and direct their gratitude to a benevolent God. They viewed the spiritual element of gratitude as a benefit, but left it at that. They didn't explore the why of why they might have that feeling. They just thought, oh, it's good that I feel more spiritual when I'm grateful. But I truly believe that embracing a posture and practice of gratitude will draw us closer to God. If we cling to entitlement, if we like to tell God what we think that he's supposed to give us, instead of thanking him for what we have and making sure that others have enough, clinging to what we think we deserve from him, that harms our relationship. But thanking him for all that we have, that will draw us closer to him. And we are told in scripture, if we draw closer to him, he will draw closer to us. So no matter where you are in your walk, no matter where you are in your life, if you feel like you need more physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, if you just want to feel closer to God, try gratitude. Pray and ask him to reveal where you might be feeling entitled and where it might be hurting, where you should be feeling grateful. I would encourage you to let God transform you into a new person. If you feel like you struggle with entitlement, if you want to have more gratitude, God wants that for you too. And pray and ask him to help you become that. And I truly believe that it will be a great change in your life. I'd like to open it up to everyone right now. Um, if you wanted to look up our events, a new version, I hadn't mentioned it before. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but if you look up events, you could respond to these questions on your phone. Um, or we can also open things up and just 
raise your hand and you can share. But I would love to hear from you guys. In what situations have you allowed entitlement to rob you of your gratitude? Do you have a story of a job or a relationship or something else? Anyone? The next question. I'd love to hear from you guys on this one. What practices have you, or can you, that you don't yet, but you know that you could, implement that would increase your gratitude? Melissa? I think that's very true. She said that um, when she's angry with someone, if she stops and thanks God for the good qualities that they have, she finds that it counters the anger and it kind of brings things down. Anybody else? A classic one that's very popular is a lot of people find if at the end of the day they journal and they pick between one or two things, one to three things that they're going to write down at the end of the day, hey, I'm grateful for this. It makes a huge difference. Anybody else have any thoughts on this, answers to these questions or questions about what I shared? I like that. I like that intentional. She said when the kids were younger, they had a blessings jar. So when there was something they were grateful for, they wrote it down and they put it in the jar. I've heard of some people doing that like a yearly thing. So at New Year's Eve, they pull them all out and they get to read them again and think about all the things they were grateful for that year. Anybody else? As he increases the sharing of what he has, his gratefulness goes up. I encourage you guys to research this more, to think about it. Whether you wanted to share it here this morning or not, pick one thing that you can do that would become a regular practice that it would increase your gratitude. I believe that it will change your life. It will change your attitudes. It will change how you feel about many things. And it will bring you closer to God. 
You don't have to believe me. I encourage you to test it. If you want to come back in six weeks to three months and tell me that I was wrong, I am welcome to hear that. Until then, I would encourage you all to be grateful for what you have. We are very blessed. Our lives are not perfect. But when we can look at what we have, we will realize how blessed and rich we we are. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, thank you for everything that you have given us. Thank you for the fact that you have given us each other, that we were able to come here this morning to sing songs to you, to work on our relationship with each other, and to hear from you. Be with us this week. Open our eyes to the blessings that you have given us. Show us where we are feeling entitled and when we're getting frustrated that things aren't fair and we think we deserve something different. Show us how much you love us and how you really want our world to be. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, guys. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.